0: Well, hello, 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 and welcome to Drive. Hello, to the hello, bar. hello. How are you? Hi, Martin. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm so I'm good. very glad to talk to you. I'm going to do introductions real quick, and then yeah, i want going sure. to you introduce yourself because no one can introduce you quite the way you can. <laughs> Fair. So if you are just now tuning in, you are listening to Drive Through HR, the Internet's longest-running HR radio talk show. And I'm here today with Martin Burns, who is the editor-in-chief of Recruiting News Network, as well as kind of uh hot shot at higher clicks. Martin, why don't you say hi and tell people who you are? Hey everybody. Uh
1: it's good talking to you again, by the way. It's been too long since um, I saw you in person. Or really most people in person. So <laughs> good to catch up. Um and, and good to be back on and on, on Drive Through HR. It's been it's been a while actually since I've been on the program. So hi everybody who's listening. Um I'm Martin Burns as Crystal mentioned and uh, background. So I am. A, a, I grew up in the industry. I've been doing this since, well, I've been doing this over 20 years as I think about it. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just say that. Started staffing and then moved to corporate um, ranching departments, built some products. I, I've marketed things. I've done brand work. I've done a lot of consulting in this space. And about six years ago, I joined HireClix to build up a consulting division for them. I got that spun up. And along the way we we pulled a bunch of other great consultants in and about a year and a half ago or so, a little longer, wow, longer than that um pre pandemic we'll just say that, and time was weird last year. I was talking with Ah uh, founder and CEO Neil Costa, who's a good friend, and about what we want to do next as far as the the firm goes and and all that and, and we they're talking about doing a new service for the industry, and the thought was that. There's lots of good resources out there, but they're they're generally sort of localized North America, maybe the UK here and there, nothing really global, and and nothing with with a with a broad enough focus that goes kind of beyond what firms buying water, how to build a brand. We we wanted to look at labor reports and what's happening. Um, we put a piece of tape we, um, from from the conversation about um, the impact of, of for, for on LGBTQI people who are traveling over, over abroad for, as expats and when, what countries they, they worry about going to and, and the dangers and, and the, the, the stresses around that. So we're looking at topics like that uh, in, in the service as well as uh, – who's doing what, interviewing leaders, uh, we, we cover people who are making job changes, so people on the move, um, who's going to what company within the industry, and, and a lot of pieces like that, and, we're, and there's video, audio, et cetera, et cetera. So that was, that was the vision. We built it up. We launched it um, on the second of last, so, sorry, sorry, February 2nd of last year, which means we launched it in the teeth of the pandemic and went home a week later, and um, then last year happened to all of us, so, and now I'm here with you. That's, that's my summation. Is that fair? Is that a good analysis, I hope, for summary, I guess? That is
0: a very good analysis. Thank you Great. so or much. Great for summary or whatever whatever yeah. it was.
1: Sorry, it's been a long day.
0: Right. No, it has been. It's been a long day, week, year. And like, now I guess yeah, we're coming yeah. up half a decade. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But, um, but I always enjoy talking with you because, it, one, you're really insightful, but two, I'm always fascinated by what keeps you up at night, and since that is the premise of our show, I gotta ask, what's keeping you up at night?
1: Okay, I'm gonna keep the answer contained to recruiting. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no! no, 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 no. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Well, yeah, what's that?
0: Okay. We talked hockey last week. We talked politics the week before. Like you really can go anywhere you want to go,
1: its all kinds of stuff. Obviously, seventeen-year-old uh, daughter uh, looking at colleges. You know, a uh, uh, for 13, almost 14-year-old son, you know, just, that keeps you up, up, up that, that alone will keep you up any bit of the night, I think, um, but as far as, okay, I'm going to ask, goes, where did
0: she, well, hold on, before you go off that, yeah. one, you can't bring that up, and then not have me up, where's she going, did she decide?
1: Well, she's looking. So, um, yeah, she's, she's a junior this year. She's been looking, and it's, it's interesting with 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 COVID that they they weren't really doing campus tours, so it was more sort of driver on right. campus, look at things. Um, over the break, they looked at um, uh, let's see, they looked at Yale, uh, Trinity. So, it's sort of, we're, and I'm in the Boston area. So, they they my wife and 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 one of one of her best friends, whose daughter is best friends with my daughter, um, they they did like a road trip uh, down to New York, and they stopped by. Um, yeah, so so Trinity, Yale. Uh, Columbia, Barnard, uh, NYU. Um, she's interested in, in 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 New York to go to school, which, yeah, you know, as a dad makes me nervous, and as someone who's paying the sure. bills <laughs> makes me more more nervous. But she's also looking at a <laughs> u, u, UC, <laughs> u, yeah right. She's also looking at a UCSC, the um, University of California Santa Cruz. She's got uh, an uncle and an and aunt out there who she's very close to, and they go out every every year for about a, about, about a week in April. Or they did not last year. Uh, to go surfing um, and hang out with, with him and her, and, her and, and, and they love the campus and she's an environmentalist she wants to be an environmental studies major and they've got a good program for that I think you know, Columbia's got a good grad program for that so that may be her grad school I'm not sure yet
0: we did a lot of conversations with um, Dwayne so um, listeners you get to hear a little bit about our life <laughs> um, <laughs> hello you know, I have 20 hi yeah right I have a 23 year old and a 22 year old, and then Dwayne, my husband, has a 17 year old. Uh, actually, no, sorry, he's 18 year old now, um, and 14 year old. And so the 18 year old went through the process of college recruiting last year and uh, a little bit the year prior, and so his entire college recruiting experience, uh, with the exception of the first month, was done in COVID, and it was such a very interesting um, experience because it was so unlike like what I had done with my daughters and. Um, and so for him, you know, he had to make decisions on where he was going to go and, and really who was going to provide the foundation of his education, uh, stepping foot on a lot of their campuses. And that's, um, that's difficult, right, because so much sure. of your college experience is wrapped up in the way it feels and <laughs> the, the, the actual campus experience. But he um, he's going to have to get a, a doctorate. He wants to be a psycho- clinical psychologist. and so. Um, you know, we were talking to him about the difference between your your undergrad and your graduate education, and it's like you have to look at what you're going to get out of both of them because your undergraduate informs where you're going to, like what your graduate opportunities are going to be. But then your graduate is, the degree is really the one that people look at. People don't look at your first one; they look at your last one. So, right. You know? Right. What do you want on your diploma? And uh, it was a very interesting experience. So it sounds like your daughter has got a very good foundation set out in front of her. So I didn't mean to derail that conversation, but I am no, very no, fascinated she... with like, no, what no, I is the COVID I college it. experience like.
1: It's been so. It's it's and it's, and it's been it's been fascinating because um, of COVID. I mean, and 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 it, and it ties into just a, it maybe ties back back to recruiting. But you, you look at kind of campus recruiting, what's happening there too, um, and just and 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 being virtual. It, 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 so they're recruiting to get kids to campus is is, is you know, all blended, and then get them off campus into employment. It, it, it's 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 all shifted. It's so interesting.
0: It has. It's been great for handshake, though, from what I understand. Like I and oh, yeah. you know coming into this. <laughs> You know, like coming into this um, last year, you know, we're talking with clients, I'm like, what are we gonna do? I'm like, Handshake, you're going to get into Handshake. That is what you're going to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if you weren't already there, you need to be there now. But um, it's a good things, product. It's,
1: it's, I mean, I, I actually, I actually use Handshake myself. Here, we we were, were hiring a bunch of higher clicks, and yeah, I was I was in there yesterday. You know, just just posting and looking. So it's it, it's a good product. It really is.
0: Yeah, I I highly recommend it. I think it's fantastic. There's um a couple of other ones that they're not uh, I wouldn't say they're competitors to because 'cause they're just so so different. Um right. I think they're really focused more on like, um uh, very specific experiences and types of roles and, and then the hourly population. But the realistic job preview is another one that I think has gotten a big jump start with COVID. Well, mm-hmm. jump start maybe I think, because they were already there. But they've been <laughs> getting a lot more exposure because of COVID. And I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens like kind of to the point of the post pandemic world. Like, do they continue to have the, do they accelerate because of the boost they got during COVID or, you know, do people go the other direction once they're able to see and feel and touch people in person? Like, do we go back to that? And then this gets ignored. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And, um, yeah, it's hard just to, to preface all this. You know, I, I lack a crystal ball and it's probably cracked and clouded and opaque, but um, <laughs> you know, like, like the rest of us. Right. But, but, but that said, it all hinges on how everyone else in, in a society you behaves and wants to behave. Are, are we going to have a big resurgence to everyone wants to hang out together again and see people and be intensely together? Or are we, are we did we hit sort of a point where we recognize that, we don't need to be together constantly to get things done, that um, there are efficiencies and, there, and they work. Uh, I hope we go that way because I do think that a lot of good started coming out of the pandemic um, in, term, in terms of, of, of how we recruit, how we connect in, in general. I, you think about an example, um, I was talking to a, a guy, he's a, he was the head of TA for, for Will Scott. And, and Will Scott, you, you don't probably know them, but they're, I think, the largest manufacturer of modular office, offices in the country. So if you see a Maybe the world. If you see like a any, any school that has an expansion where the kids are in pods or whatnot, because uh, they were re- mm-hmm. school or hospital being redone, those are that's Will Scott probably. Um, all the COVID stuff they did, all, right. all the emergency, all the emergency facilities. That's mostly Will Scott. That's what they. And, and this, and this, this guy is a great guy. Keith Jeremiah. Um, they were relocating their their company headquarters uh, to this. I think to, uh, I want to say Georgia or Florida, and he was based in um, in Baltimore. Didn't want to move. Well, couldn't move, frankly, family. But we're talking a bit a bit about so he's no longer there. But we're talking a bit about what he'd seen change during the pandemic and due to the pandemic. And he mentioned that 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 when they used to hire um, people for their regional offices, the the, the, the regional general manager had to meet, had to meet the candidate. And that if that GM wasn't based in that in that local office, if they're somewhere else, they're traveling. You had to wait until they were in your office physically to meet the candidate and then make a decision, which could make things drag on for weeks at a time. And, and so you're losing candidates because it's just there's, there's this is weird artificial delay based on one person's travel schedule. When the pandemic hit and it shut down, they started doing virtual with these GMs and, and, their, and their time to fill uh, shortened by two, three weeks in, at, at a minimum per role. And they, he didn't think they'll go back to, to the old way anymore because the GMs who resisted doing virtual, and he was trying to push it for years, when they start doing this, said, this is great, why didn't we use this in the first place? Which of course, you know, the, the head of TA smashing their forehead with the palm of their hand um, and, then, and then opening a bottle of scotch, but they're finally getting that it works, that a lot of the older school managers are, who are resistant to a lot of virtualization of work in general saw it working and, 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 and saw the benefits. So with, with a bit of luck, we will stay somewhere between the extremes uh, going forward.
0: I, I sincerely hope you're right. I think if we look back historically, we tend to kind of bounce between the extremes. But, right. Yeah. But, sure. But well, that's that's human uh, nature. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But but I think there's something to be gained from it. And I think when we look at you know the ongoing challenges that, especially with the the hourly um, the hourly workforce. You know and you've got areas of high churn, but I think it also is, is true for healthcare when you've got people who are going mm-hmm. into an industry that maybe they don't fully understand. Like these realistic job previews really do offer quite a bit of um, insight into what their working reality is going to be like. It will not change the mind of a desperate job seeker. Like if, if they're if they just need a job and they don't care, they'll still take their job. And then try to top grade like everyone does, right? Like that's not mm-hmm. that's not anything that's um, you know specific just to that that group of workers. But but at the same time, like we look at it and go, okay, well, if we can help them understand just how physical this job is, or how many different you know sounds and immersions, like what are they going to be immersed in, if we can give them that that understanding before we hire them and onboard them and spend all of this money, like investing in them for them to not like the job. Like, why wouldn't we do that? Why would we ever stop mm-hmm. doing that? And, and I don't think COVID is really the reason that we haven't done a good job of that today. You know, like it's certainly complicated things, but I think if anything, it made us look and find solutions that up to that point, uh, many companies just weren't really all that interested in finding. hmm
1: yeah, because it, it was easier to it do the, the break. It was inertia, you know. It was inertia.
0: Yeah, one of many, many things that we should talk about, like in terms of what does the world look like after COVID. And I know you have had a lot of things you wanted to discuss. So, like, what's on your mind?
1: So yeah, so so let's see. There's, there's, so all kinds of stuff. So so I've been looking at the M and A activity, um, in the market amongst vendors in the last um, the, you know, the last few months, and it's just going accelerating. So gonna, we're going to see more and more. Acquisitions, uh, we're going to see more investment, frankly. Uh, The the amount of money in the space right now is, I think it's at a record high as far as investment goes, which means that if you're a practitioner, you're going to be hearing from a lot of sales folks over the next six months. Um, If you're you're a vendor, you're going to be seeing a lot of competition. Um, and possibly being bought out or buying somebody. Um, so you see money flying at you. It's fairly chaotic right now. Um, some advice actually that, that um, you know, I think you, you want to bear in mind too, if, you, if you're buying technology as a practitioner is that you're you you're careful what you invest in, right? Um, make sure that uh-huh. if, if, they, if, they, if they are bought by somebody else, that you have something in the contract relating to that, you know, a way out or, or at least some kind of agreement that, that, that if they get, well, let's leave, let's leave as an, as an example. You, you buy a sourcing tool, and it integrates to, to your to your your ATS, and they get bought by a direct competitor of that ATS. Now they won't they won't cut it off right away, but they're going to basically say, look, within 12 months we're going to stop we're going to stop integrating with this, with your current tech stack mm-hmm. because it's a direct competition and we just can't do that. It doesn't always happen, but it will happen here and there, and more often than you like. And if in that case, make sure you have something in your in your contract that, that allows you to bow out, or that they can't do that to you, right? Um, so you want to kind of be ready for, ready 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 for that, because the market is getting very very frothy. Um, in, in terms of, of of how we're actually hiring, I've been thinking a lot about the the kind of this kind of non-localization we've seen in the past twelve months, where a lot of employers are are opening up to hiring um, globally more and more, or at least nationally. I was talking with uh, a VP of engineering for a software company in the Boston area recently, and she said that that when when the the pandemic hit, they were expanding pretty rapidly. They got some investment. They they were growing, and they'd gone month to month with their corporate lease at their headquarters because they were thinking they might go to a bigger space or knock some walls down and expand in the current space. They weren't quite sure yet. So it was month to month. Pandemic hits, and everyone virtual, and within a few weeks, they were like, this is working really well for us. They didn't renew. They were done. They, they, they no longer have an office space. It's all remote. Uh, another person, actually a guy who's my brother-in-law, who's a VP of a, of a pretty large software um, company out in the Silicon Valley, they just, they just they, 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 you know, it was a three-year lease. It was up during the pandemic. They, 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 turned, they, they, they didn't renew. They all went virtual. And they, they're saving them millions cause, because it was, it's, you know, it's, it's Silicon Valley. It's all the perks. It's the expensive rent. It's the fancy lunches for free, et cetera, et cetera. All that's gone. All those costs are gone. And employee happiness went up. And then talking to that guy uh, from the Boston area, the VP's engineer in the Boston area, he, when we talked about recruiting, he said, "Yeah, the thing is, used to be I, I put a, put up for a role, um, and, 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 for, and we'd get 20 applicants maybe. Now I get 200 because I can hire from anywhere I want to. It's a lot easier." You know. So yeah, go ahead.
0: That's double of itself, right? So mm-hmm. oh sure. So one of the things that I'm seeing, and it's a continuation of pre-pandemic behavior, right? But the candidate experience black hole, right, has Mm -hmm. really just gotten so much worse. It's not gotten better. Uh, And so, you know, when you look at uh, these companies that are making the move to virtual, which is uh, still not as many as I I would have hoped for, I I think it's probably in line with what we all expected. But they're making these moves and they're getting more applicants and they're not doing anything with them. And and my brain starts to explode when like you mm-hmm. actually pay to acquire candidates that you then ignore. Like, wait, what? Right, <laughs> so right, we're, right. We're investing to get these people that we're then going to alienate from our brand because we don't do anything with them at all. Like that's problematic. But But then on the other hand of things, you've got – You've got the you know the issues that you're talking about, like employer uh, employee satisfaction is going up, their happiness rating is going up because they are being allowed to be more flexible in some some cases. i would I would pause it though, and looking at the um, the job openings in Silicon Valley, though, there's still a very large percentage of Silicon Valley that is tied and rooted to office buildings. Oh, and sure, a set, set sure. limiter, given what you're talking about in terms of where we're at with technology and acquisitions and, and and really just technology development because wherever there's money for acquisitions, there's, there's money for development. And so you're going to start off limiting yourself because you, you've got this outdated notion that you have to be in the same building in order to be effective. And that's crazy to me. When do we yeah. fix that? How do we fix that?
1: I, <laughs> Are you asking me? Come on. No idea um no i it, it, the thing is it's because there there are pros and cons to that approach right there there is something to be said for having some face time um having a space to go to and work um a a to get away from your home which can be you can be useful at times um and just sort of like getting in a whiteboard with people and we aren't quite there with i mean there 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 's good tools out there there there's amazing whiteboard technology out there that that, that you, you you can grab it's, it's not super cheap but it 's amazing so this, the collaboration tech is, 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 is definitely out there and, and is getting better, but there is still this, I have a problem with this, that guy over there I know is an expert, I've got my laptop, they walk over to see if he can help me out, and it's real quick and you're done. Instead of a kind of ping back and forth and hang out and an IM and whatnot, it's a, it, it, so there's a bit, of, a bit of benefit there, I, I totally see it. But th- then, obviously, there are all the pros of the virtual piece, too. You get time back in your life. There's less stress. You can get things done that you need to get done. You're not commuting constantly. Um, you, you, and, and you're actually quite often paying a lower mortgage because, as we've seen, a, a lot a, a lot of, like, for example, a lot of millennials left New York City over the last 12 months. They were working in Manhattan. They were, they were paying huge rent and, and for a small little apartments all of a sudden you're seeing all these towns along uh, the uh, 90, the highway that runs across West East, across New York state, there are all these abandoned or semi-abandoned towns full of Victorians and whatnot that are beautiful homes that were kind of forgotten about over the last 50, 60 years are getting rehabbed by millennials who are moving in and, and fixing the houses up because it's so much cheaper and they can work remotely. So, so the benefits are there for that. And, and, and what is he happening with, with, that may drive employers to be forced to say, well, gee, we can't, they're not going to move back, so we have to stay virtual. We have to think about being more flexible, and, and maybe can we have localized workspaces where, in clusters of employees, and it's the WeWork thing. He was just they were just too early. Uh, may may spin back up again, but smaller smaller spaces. So like your your, your Tom will have like yeah. a your ten person little co workspace, twenty person this and that. I, 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 could, I could see more of that happening too, like little hubs.
0: I just totally hope it does because I mean like we there's so many problems. In, in all of this, right? And so like when you talk about like there is something, there is benefit to being able to, you know, touch someone on the shoulder or, or like go over to their space and say, I've got this problem, let's let's help with that. Like, yes, I, I absolutely can can see and understand that. And that that makes sense to me. I don't think it's the only way you can do it, like to your point, there's some really great great technologies that are around and not every role needs to have that level of um and collaboration, And so I do think that companies should be looking at, okay, we're spending, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, $50 million a year or whatever it is on office space, you know, if we took that and reallocated some percentage of that into providing these collaboration tools, even if it's buying those crazy whiteboards that, you know, the two people from different places can write on and then the other person's stuff shows up, like that's a thing that exists, you know, um, there's some benefits to that because here's where I'm going with it. We've got mm-hmm. a workforce in the millennials and then the generation that's graduating now, like it's the 21 to 25 year old set that have 0.12% of the wealth. That's, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's what they have, right? And when you're young, you're broke. So, They're not getting paid a ton of money coming out of school. We've seen starting salaries decrease, not increase year over year. So they're being expected to be able to function the way that someone at mid-career level would without the tools to be able to get there because, truly, the the salaries, the starting salaries for almost every job across the board – has, has not risen with a level of inflation. So they're, they're being expected to do what we did without the money to be able to do it. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's problematic. And when you look at the way companies need to be able to grow and innovate, like we need that generation fully participating in our workplace to be able to grow. Otherwise, I think what we're going to have is a, is a recreation of – what the world is going to experience over the next two years is the, the last of the boomers phase their way out of the workforce and maybe it's several years um, and Gen X ups there's a gap there right because there's the number of workers leaving is not equal to the number of workers that will remain does that make sense mm-hmm. I'm not saying it quite right but
1: no no <laughs> I, I'm uh, right. yeah no I, I, I got I'm, I'm twisting along with you so yeah no I, I think there's there's there's, there's, there's the supply and demand piece may eventually correct a little bit, and, and and I'm thinking as well about kind of you know if you think about high volume rules too, thinking about supply and demand, what's happening with minimum wage, um, with, with say, say food food workers for example, where we're seeing this huge spike in job openings, but not 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 hires happening, uh, and, and there's a number of reasons around that, um, and part of it is this, this relocation, there's less talent around in certain areas. Um, you think about Cape Cod. As, as an example of uh, my, my neck of the woods, they can't hire anybody at the restaurants in Cape Cod. They're desperate. Their restaurants are, they're, they're not open for the season simply because they, they, they they can't find workers to come in and be dishwashers and, and be food, and food servers and cooks and th- all that kind of good stuff, because those are for generally, especially the dishwasher and bus bus people, et cetera. Those are lower wage roles, and the rent in Cape Cod is so high now that they can't afford they can't afford housing, and because the Cape is an isthmus, getting to if you're working somewhere halfway out the Cape, you're not going to live somewhere in the mainland and drive all the way out to go wash dishes, for ten bucks an hour or twelve bucks an hour. You're just not going to do that. Why would you? So, so we're seeing an economic impact um, in, 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 in all kinds of vacation areas, and, that, and that's, that's that. And that's that. I think might, might drive higher wages. Um, we're seeing McDonald's considering going to fifteen dollars an hour um, sooner than they wanted to, with with the strikes happening. Um, you, Chipotle is going to fifteen dollars an hour um, just to get just to get talent, and and they're and there having huge success hiring too by doing that. And, and by their well, estimate, and it's is that the yeah? Sorry uh, to
0: interrupt there.
1: Like the, the
0: sure. Chipotle thing. Is- fascinating to me because they're doing all of this while at the same time you've got you know multiple stores um, under the chipotle banner that are you know closed for the day or for the week or whatever because you know their workers are striking because they're not being taken care of and part of it is a wage issue but not all of it so you know have we hit the point where we're, where we've recognized like it's it is money but it's not just money well, it's, it's
1: also lost revenue. I mean, if you get you to choose as a, as, a, as a franchise owner or a restaurant owner, you know, do you lose revenue because people work for you, uh, or do you lose a little bit? that's where you lose a lot of revenue. You literally lose, lose all your revenue, or do you lose a little revenue by increasing what you're paying uh, to all compete and outmaneuver your, your 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 competition? And to your point, offer better benefits to think about being a little more comprehensive as an employer. I think we're getting there, yeah. and because we're in the point where. People can't afford the low wage, to live on the low wages. They'd rather take unemployment or they'd, they'd rather move somewhere else. They'd rather move somewhere cheaper and find work than stick around for really for what? A tough lifestyle in a, in a, in a, in a high-cost area. It's not worth it.
0: Right. Agreed. Well, I didn't mean to disrupt your flow, but I think this is actually a really good chance to reset real quick. Um, if you are just now joining us, you are listening to the fabulous Martin Burns, who I actually adore huh. talking with. He, he speaks quickly, but he covers a lot of really great ground. I do talk fast, I apologize. No, that's okay. I talk fast, too. I try, I have to, like, intentionally, I have a metronome that I use to try to help keep my pace when I'm talking on drive-thru, because I tend to go right along with you. So... um so if you're just now joining, you're looking to drive through HR, the internet's number one HR radio talk show, longest running all the things. Um, I never know what to say there. It's always fun to say bumpers, but <laughs> we are talking about post-pandemic trends and really whatever comes to mind. So if there's something you want to know, feel free to hit us up on Twitter or um, you know, on Facebook. We're on all the things. Or hit Martin R- Martin or I up directly. So that being said, Martin, back to you. What do you want to cover now?
1: Huh? Um. Well, well sort of you know, global issues. I, I'm. I find what's happening in different spots around the world really kind of interesting in terms of how, the, how they're tackling, you know, hiring challenges, pieces like that, and, and 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 what's happening with with mobility. And one of the one of the most promising things I saw come out of last year was this. This interest in, in, in internal hiring, internal mobility, and reskilling. So you've got you've got an employee who their role is being eliminated. Instead of firing them, you can now say to them, Hey, listen, this role is going away, but we want to give you a program to reskill you, and you'll be working for this other office somewhere around the globe, supporting them in this way. So we're seeing more of that happen, and to me, that is really I think important, um, and, and, and I think interesting as far as how it starts knitting community together, a um, you know, global culture. And, 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 and how it might drive, I don't be kumbaya here, it might drive better almost global stability, right? If we're actually, if you're being exposed to different cultures through work, but you're kind of safe in your home, you're not going overseas, so you've got a bit of that, that blend too, it's harder to fight or want to fight those folks or, or be in conflict if you've been working with people in those countries. Um, you're, you're getting a more, more of an exposure, a bit more of a global view. And I think, I think Americans in particular need that. Uh, quite often we don't we don't we're not we're, we're in our bubbles right and never comes to us now we're sort of look a little more more, more broadly um, and then looking at, at the labor trends too and and going back to that piece about this this other there's a lot of um a lot of employers are struggling to hire right now um which which seems kind of strange because you know, we've we've been through a pandemic we've had layoffs but a lot of folks who who 12, 12 15 months ago were in a certain job category are now are, are, are now reskilled. They've taken advantage of a lot of the programs that were offered. Um, you know, LinkedIn slash Microsoft slash GitHub. Have, have, they have a great program for reskilling yourself. Um, that I think I think is really important. Um, there's, there's a number of things like that out there that are available uh, quite often at low to no cost. And you can pick up skills in software engineering and in QA, and, and marketing, and, and all, all, all kinds of interesting things that you may want to do as a human that maybe you didn't realize back when you were in college or when you started your career out. We had a pause and, and an opportunity in the last 12 months for a lot of the folks took advantage of. They, they, they had the unemployment uh, insurance, the extra insurance to survive a bit, and they invested in themselves. So we're seeing higher skilled workers showing up who can then be slotted into, into, into new roles um, or, or their employer paid for it or, or built a program for them. I think that's a really good thing. I, I love that happened. I hope that trend continues. I think reskilling is huge. Uh, upskilling and reskilling are important to us uh, if we want to progress in general. And, and they, give, they give a hand up. That, that wasn't really available to a lot of people um, who couldn't afford college or couldn't afford training, um, that they're now getting it. Um, kind of along that line, um, something Google did really pre-tip pandemic, but I think it, it really took off during the pandemic and their, their timing was, w- w- was fortuitous. They, 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 they pivoted quite a bit and where, where Google used to be degree snobs or famous for it. If your degree wasn't from Ivy league or some high, high end, really well-known Technical College, you had a very hard time getting into Google for even, even for interviews, let alone getting hired. They flipped that entire script, and now they, they're offering their own uh, education programs. Google, I think it's called Google University, actually, or, or I forget the, the name. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, but what what you can do is you can you go through a sort of three six months, and I must what, what the program work role um, that pay hey, well that, that you don't need a degree anymore for. So again, I think that the the, the sort of process we're going through. Of away from being degrees now and being very specific and well you must have do these things to get this job we're being more flexible and creative and we're seeing potential and we're and we're hurrying toward it and we're training toward it that, that to me is as bad as last year was that to me is a positive and I hope that continues
0: yeah I agree and for anyone that wants to know more about that it's at grow dot google um, and Thank it's, you. it is oh no 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 that's fine I've been looking at that lately I think it's a really interesting um Pathway to get people connected to work, right? And so, um you know, I've my daughter has even done some of their certificates. I think it's really neat. So the um, or maybe she's doing them. I don't know where she's at in them. So I shouldn't say she's completed them because I don't actually know. But uh, but it is a really interesting way to look at work, and I, I don't think it's something that's just specific. To Google, I think if we were to take this and look at this, it's like, could this become a trend? Should it become a trend? I think there's a resounding yes. And in fact, like we're working with some clients right now on—I um, don't want to say it's, a, it's the same program because it's not—it's not to the same level. It's a different thing. But we're we're looking at trade programs, um, and so how do we start getting people into trades at an earlier age, or into mm-hmm. manufacturing at an earlier age? to where they can actually grow and build a career. And part of that is developing a program whereby they have the ability to spend four years in training and come out of that four years, which seems like a really long time, but they're being paid a living wage and are getting annual bonuses and regular move-ups throughout the process of that where they were exposed to the entire the entire gambit of, of roles within it. And when they're out, they're in a leadership role. In four years they are they were able to accomplish what – Otherwise, would take six years. So when you look at it from that perspective, you know, every employer has the ability or at least the, the opportunity to be able to create something like that. And if we look at how do we get ahead coming out of this, I think part of that is not just looking at the savings of an office building or, you know, the reorg that we did and we were able to cut X off of our bottom line uh as, as to savings, I think we have to look at them as investment vehicle to be able to move us to this next level in work
1: uh yeah- absolutely i mean i think it's 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 it's, it's more strategic it's it's a longer term play but 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 mm-hmm. it, it pays off it it really does pay off
0: yeah i think we're we're getting rapidly to a point and and we both work for agencies so we can kind of have this conversation and it's a fun one to have too but um, we're getting to a point where if you're not, if if you are just reactive, if you are just tactical, if you are not employing strategy in your TA role, particularly if you are at you know a, a senior manager director level or above, like you are missing the boat for your company. You're not doing right by your company. And I mean, I I don't know about you, Martin, but but like we're kind of at the point where. With our firm, like, if you're not interested in being strategic, we're not really interested in working with you because the, the <laughs> that's a big thing to say, right? But but the problem is, like, the what I've seen, and I don't know if your experience has been the same, but what I've seen over and over again with companies that are stuck in tactical because they choose to be, not because they have a specific, you know, like, skills gap that that doesn't enable them to move to something more strict, but they they just they live in that tactical reactive zone, they burn out their workforce and they burn out their talent pools and they burn out their labor market. And they just, you can't get ahead like that. You can't continue to do that. And for me, when I look at the reports of, you know, the, the American Heart Association that just put out the report around like the a number of hours that we're working, how that's taking years off their life, it's causing more heart attacks, it's actually causing people to die. You know, <laughs> you know? I don't want to work with a company that is like deliberately understaffing their companies, right? And 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 I think when you take like the um, the reports around workplace satisfaction and workplace happiness. Was being able mm-hmm. to get more of their life back while still working. I think that's what work was supposed to be. And so companies that get that, like, man, I am all about it. I want to work with them every day of the week. But companies that refuse by choice to move themselves forward in a, in a strategic manner, like, I just, I have a real hard time with saying, like, yes, let's help, let's help these companies succeed. Where do you sit with that? <laughs>
1: Well, uh, I mean, I'm with you. It, it, it's, it's there's sort of philosophical part to it as well, but I, I do think that yeah, you, you got to keep helping, um, and, and even if and, if and if companies are in their, in their own way, to try and help them get out of their own way, because it, 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 I guess it's just just a, it's a business moral imperative to do that. But I, but I, but I, but I do get the frustration. It is challenging because um, because. <laughs>
0: Oh, I it's not frustration, because if it's a company that just doesn't get it yet, like, I, I'm, I'm there for that. But there are companies that, like, understand that they are not doing right by their workplace, but they don't care because they don't see people as people. They're oh, line items on a balance sheet, right? And, like, it's those companies that I'm like, are we doing right in our profession by helping those companies succeed. And we know they're there, right? We know we kind of even know who they are to some degree, but um, no, I'm not going to name names, but, but but those companies that just like choose to not care about their workforces, like there are a lot of tools and, and, um, and, and companies like agencies, et cetera, that can help them, that can make money off of them by, by bringing talent It's like a constant faucet and these people are miserable, and so one of the things I liked about the pandemic, I mean, that's weird, that's a weird sentence, that, that I liked that we kind of arrived at as a, as a collective group of people in the pandemic was like, our life is more than work. And America is really bad about that, particularly globally, I think there's a, a little more of a balance, but, but there's not in North America. And so to be able to like see people recognize that their life has value outside of their job was, was really nice. And to see companies recognize that was even better. And so how do you move backwards from that? How do you then go back to, to a company that just doesn't care?
1: Well, hopefully you don't, but some will. That said, there, there are financial um, incentives to, to increase happiness, um, so there's a professor out of uh university of East Anglia, I think. Yeah. Yes. In the UK. And, and he, he and a, and a team that did, did a big, did a big, a fairly big study recently. Um, and they looked at, they looked at Glassdoor ratings and, and they, they were, they were smart about it. They only used to turn employees to just kind of figure out what companies ranked the happiest. And they, 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 there was more than that beyond all that, but they, but the, that was the kind of the, the, one of the main data points they used was, was, was from Glassdoor. And they had something like, um, 300 plus uh, public companies. Um, in, in their results and, and hundreds of thousands of of, of, of overall ratings were, were part of the data set too. And then they compared that list and they took their, their to their top performers as far as happiness to the stock market. And what they what they looked at was that and if I did just from the article, I was looking for it, um, an investment portfolio that included stocks of the top twenty five percent of companies in terms of employee satisfaction produced in a, abnormal return over the over the period they studied so basically that uh, given the portfolio's risk, the rate of return was was much higher um if they had if they had companies that were were happy companies so they they perform better yeah. it, it, they're, they're, so that we're now tying happiness to money, and that my friend might influence some of these 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 employers who who don't get it because dollars and that's what they're after it's like you you have a company because you want to make money it's that's a normal thing that might be a good language to speak in. Happier employees, yeah. You, you, your stocks do much better. You, you, Mr. c Level executive with a big with a big investment in the in this organization will get a lot richer if, you, if your employees are happier. That might do it. I'm not sure.
0: Well, here's hoping. You need to do something. Um, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, frankly, like, I, I don't. Yeah. And they're there. That's the thing. They're there. Mm-hmm. It's just we have to get out of our own way. And I'm, I was looking at a um, an organization, and they're a great group of people, right? So it's, I'm not, I'm not speaking ill of them, but, uh, but I was, was talking with them about a specific project that that they wanted to accomplish. And part of what I saw consistently was that they couldn't get out of their own way. Right. And, and, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, we all kind of get into these threats of like, this is what I have to accomplish. This is what I have to do. This is my imperative. And, and I do think there is a little bit where executives – a little bit of this issue is executives have to be able to step back from what they have to accomplish in that day, that week, that month, that year mm-hmm. to look at the long term of their business. I like, guess you have a fiscal responsibility to your shareholders and then the things you need to accomplish with the mission of your work. But you also have a responsibility to every single person that makes that possible for you, from the janitor to the CEO there's no one that's more important truly than another. They're all required or those roles wouldn't be there, right? So we do have this, when we talk about moral imperatives, I think there is a moral imperative for executives to be able to step back from the the grind and the rest that they get themselves into to be able to say, how do we make this better for the people that are actually making all of our results possible? And in, I'd like to think that you and I and then everybody that listens to the show can help them a little bit with that, but, um, to that end. We've got about three minutes left. So if someone wanted to come to you for help or insights or working with HireClix, whatever it is, why don't you um, let us know how they can get a hold of you? Yeah,
1: sure. So a couple different paths to me. Um, so the HireClix hat is Martin at, Martin at hireclix.com, H-I-R-E-C-L-I-X.com. Uh, on the RNN side, the news side is Martin at recruitingnewsnetwork.com. Um, and uh, so on the Harwick side, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sort of an in-house tech geek, guru, whatever I am. So I the consulting team out with pieces like that. Uh, on the news side, uh, I'm, I'm really looking and interested in talking with people about writing for us if they, if they have things that they want to contribute, um, if they want to be profiled as a leader, uh, I'm always looking for interesting stories to tell about who's doing what in, in corporate recruiting. I, and if you've done something significant the past 12 months you're proud of, I would love to tell your story. Uh, and, again, on the higher click side, if you're looking for help with consulting, advertising, marketing, all kinds of good stuff, you can you can ping me, and I'll pass you along to the right people, and they will gladly help you out. Yep. And then find me on uh, Facebook and LinkedIn fantastic. and all those kind of good things, too. I'm all over social, as you they, know.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I know you're recruiter, Mo, on LinkedIn. Uh, sorry, it's LinkedIn. more Twitter. Um, right. With LinkedIn, is it just LinkedIn.com slash n slash Martin Burns?
1: I think so. I'm look, right now, we have two seconds left. I always forget. I'm the worst. I am the worst um, personal brander. It's ridiculous. Um, no, that's,
0: that's why I did the um, one crystal. It's like T-H-E-O-N-E-R-Y-A-L for everything. Yeah, yep, So that I yep. wouldn't have to remember.
1: <laughs> so LinkedIn is Martin Burns. So it's just LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash Martin Burns. I managed to get to be the first Martin Burns on LinkedIn to get to grab my profile. So there I am. And then uh, and then also um, I have that group on Facebook, a talent, talent Product Plays. If you work in the industry, join the group. It's, I, think, I think it's the oh, best yeah. group for the industry out there. Um, great conversations. Thousands of people in it. They're all vetted by us to make sure they're actually, they actually work in recruiting and they're legitimate. Nobody's allowed to pitch their products to you. You can go in there and ask questions about technology, et cetera, et cetera. I love it. It's, maybe it's my baby, but it's, it's Talent Product Plays oh, on Facebook no. is also
0: where I am. I agree. You know, I I have to say I'm a lurker more in that um community <laughs> than I am an active participant, but I learned so much from it and it, it it's fantastic. Well, I think we are just about out of time. So I'm going to thank Super. you so much for joining Thanks, us. Everyone. Thanks everyone. Thanks like, Crystal. Thank you. <laughs> have a <laughs> well, wonderful Well, I can't see you in person and... again. Yes. I, I hopefully soon. Um I don't think they're doing anything this year except for maybe AtroTech, We might go to that. We'll have to kind of see where everything's at this fall. But yeah, same here. Um, hopefully, we'll see each other soon. All Thanks. right. We well, with that, you'll see Robin tomorrow on the show and uh, have a great day.
1: Thanks, everyone.